Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. Today we have a special extra special podcast for you. Um, Sam, <laughs> lovely Sam has been sick with dengue fever. Yep. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, I say dengue. You say dengue. It's fine. <laughs> potato, potato. And we're catching her on the tail end of this pretty serious illness she's had. Mm. And whatever comes out of her mouth might or might not be fact checked or verified. So you've been warned. You're right. I cannot. Uh, yeah, I, I need to kind of issue a quality control on this episode because you're right. I have just come out of the grips of dengue fever for the second time. And for those of you playing at home, if you Google this disease, you'll see what a nightmare it is. It's actually very, it's been awful. I have been completely bedridden, completely wiped out getting blood tests every second day of my life, vomiting, fever, <laughs> migraines. Basically, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> but as you can hear, I'm back. My energy is going to be low apparently for the next month or so. I will not be at full force. However, I am back to work this week, back to podcasting this week, and so hopefully I will make some kind of coherent sense. <laughs> but if not, blame it on the dengue. And the problem is only (laughs) Sam has had this fever. Kusa and I have not. And we might Mm. be. No, I have had it one time. We currently don't have it. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Currently, I don't. So we have no excuse for what comes out of our mouth. (laughs) So we are giving this disclaimer. Um, We have been having a really fun time talking about what we wanted to share this week. And it really was about um, setting up expectations for the rest of the year mm-hmm. and to do so in a self-loving way. And it was just an irony that, you know, Sam is been just really sick. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I will say just to emphasize how sick Sam was <laughs> at the height of her illness, when I was WhatsApping her on video <laughs> I took a picture of her because she looks so terrible. And I compared great it to the friend picture. That Lindsay is. <laughs> Encouraging. Really great. And it looked like a Nick Nolte DUI photo from like the 90s. And I would hope, yeah, maybe I we'll post dying. that in the show notes. <laughs> no one deserves to ever see that photo. Oh my goodness. That's a shocker. So back to self-love. Back to self-love. So I have had a violent pause put on my life, um, which I think, you know, it's obviously never fun to be sick and it's never fun to have to completely stop everything, but I think it's a good perspective check sometimes and it's a good moment to sit back and be like, hang on, what am I doing? (laughs) What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with this year? And And, you know, a part of it for you, Sam, was that – you have right before you got sick, you were on a really big high. Yeah. You're you were in deep workflow. You were doing cool work. Mm. Um, you had some big plans. 
Yeah. And then to have to completely stop and be dependent on other people. Mm. Um, yeah. The but, timing was a shocker. It was like this yeah. bizarre, to your point, I had finally kind of come off the back of what had been a challenging 12 months. And I was in a period where I was finally getting some momentum and it mm-hmm. felt like, you know, order had been restored to the world and that I was really kind of making some inroads in my work and getting some good speaking gigs and everything was looking up and I was very very excited and then I got slammed yeah and bonus it was your birthday at the height of your sickness exactly (laughs) happy birthday (laughs) yeah you can have dengue for your birthday and then have to cancel all birthday plans and stay in bed all day long so it was a birthday that will go down in the history books. <laughs> oh, geez. Never to be repeated. No. <laughs> so I think, you know, as we were talking about what expectations of yours you had to like completely lower mm. the bar Yeah. Um, on projects you were working on, plans you had made, um, mm. you had a friend visiting in town. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all these things hit kind of at once and it's hard not to go when you're not meeting your own expectations or others' expectations, mm. not to get real dark real quick. Yeah. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I did get pretty dark. I think it's it's interesting when you're, yeah, when you're stopped like that and your, your mental health, when you are alone with your thoughts for that long every day and there's nothing to do other than rest and lie in bed and think, then it's amazing how quickly your thoughts can turn pretty dark. And so mm-hmm. I did get quite, you know, quite depressed. And I was thinking, what really, what is going on? This is so unfair. And yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in a particularly good place, but I was able to kind of look at this for what it was and yeah, reassess. Okay. If I'm not going to have my energy in the way that I want to have it for the rest of the year, then what does the rest of the year look like? for me Mm -hmm. like those goals that maybe I had in my head how can I to your point lower the bar a little how can I readjust my expectations how can I set some realistic expectations that mean that I can enjoy the rest of the year and I'm not pushing to try and be able to achieve everything that I thought I could before I got this sickness and I think even though obviously me being ill is you know Hopefully most of our listeners are in full health and they're not going through dengue fever or anything like that. But I think the sentiment is one that's important and one that we wanted to talk about today, which is how can you readjust your expectations for what the rest of the year holds and how can you really approach the rest of 2019 in a self-loving way? And because I know for anyone who's listening, depending on when you're listening to this, there's not that many days left of of the decade we were saying (laughs) it's like 49 days if you listen to this when it comes out and yeah so what do you want those days to look like (laughs) there was an artist that I followed that posted that there are you know 50 days left of the decade and it caused instant panic for me uh (laughs) just of like I've got to get my life together in 50 days (laughs) and it's such a bizarre concept though Mm. that uh we have to do anything differently in the next 50 days. You know? mm. Yeah, um, it's funny how we can have these arbitrary dates that become deadlines in our lives where we're like, right. oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would happen if I don't do this by the end of this decade? Yeah. 
what if January 1st happens and and it's I, still not done? I'm not perfect. I'm still not perfect. Which brought up, um, um, I know, Lindsay, if you want to talk about the exercise that you found um, from one of the women that we have interviewed on our podcast previously from Robin Conley Downs, because I think it's a good one to share with our listeners. Yeah. So something I do both for myself and encourage my clients to do is to create a ta-da list. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard that from Gretchen Rubin and it really has been a great, great reminder for me. Just the times when I feel bogged down by my to-do list and it just feels like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting anything done on my list. Like what is going on? I, you know, feel so bad. And to notice when I write down my ta-da list, what actually did I do today? You know, did I spend intentional time with someone that I wasn't expecting to, that was meaningful and fits, you know, who I want to be in my life? Um, Did I rest? And that Mm. was a good thing. You know, did I um, spend quality time doing the things that I love doing at the risk of doing some work that, you know, got pushed aside? Mm. Um, So it's just really a practice in reframing things. Um, yeah. I actually so, am doing positive, good things in my life. But mm. if I'm just looking at this to-do list that I'm not crossing things off of, it it makes you feel failure-y. Yeah. So just to recap, a to-da list is... Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Look at what I did today, people. <laughs> What's your practice? Like, in all seriousness, I know I've heard of Gretchen Rubin's to-da list, but is the idea that you do it at the end of the day as like a recap of everything that you accomplished that day or what? how do you do it? I think I use it kind of as a way to resuscitate myself a little bit if I'm starting <laughs> to feel deflated. Mm-hmm. Um, like, man, I am getting nothing done. And mm. as soon as those words pop in my head, I think, okay, to-da time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think I do it a lot around um, work. So the work I do is pretty invisible. There's not a tangible Mm. physical thing that I leave work with having accomplished. Mm. And so, and yet I can leave work exhausted and feel so spent and done. Mm. Mm. And then being like, what did I actually do today? You know, like what actually happened? Um, And so then I can go through and be like, okay, well, I had this many clients and we talked about this, you know, um, range of topics and, Mm. Um, I was emotionally present and doing all that, you know, um, Mm. emotional labor and that's why I'm tired. And so that's a valid reason for why I'm tired, you know? Mm. Um, and I think also even with being a parent, a lot of times, uh, you can do all the work of a parent and it's pretty invisible. Mm. You know, there's nothing to show at the end of the day, your house might be messier, your finances might be worse off. Like there can be a lot of things that have taken a hit and yeah. it doesn't look like there's any foreseeable payoff. Mm-hmm. And so I think it really is going back to the, um, I want to be an intentional parent. Was I yeah. that today? Was I yeah. present with my kids? Um, mm. Is my house still a mess? Probably. Uh, and also what's my value on this? You know, what are my expectations? Yeah. And I think that's such an important point And it's one that I, often I do find myself discussing with clients, which is all around defining metrics for people as in what, how is it that you're measuring whether it's success or yeah, productivity or what a good day was, because I think we can get really 
um, self-critical and mad at ourselves when we think that we're not measuring up to some mm-hmm. in, invisible standard that we've set for ourselves. Right. And when I stop and ask people, well, what, like, what are your metrics? And that can be a, an interesting question that people may not have thought about. But when you think about it, I had a, a client this week who was struggling in a work situation and she was struggling because she doesn't really know what's expected of her. It's a fairly new role and there aren't really clear, you know, clear expectations that have been set. And so she kind of finds herself at the end of the day going home and not knowing whether she did a good job or whether she's just kind of at a loss. And I said to her, okay, well, what would, what would your metrics be? Like, what would a good day look like to you? If you were to go home at the end of the day and think, oh, that was a good day, how would you know? Like, what would be the things? And she was like, oh, well, I guess it would be that I spent, you know, focused time on a project. It would be that I finished a minimum viable product and I didn't. And she had all of these things. And I was like, okay, so do these feel like the right metrics to you? Does this feel like when you come home at the end of the day, if you measure these things, it's it's kind of a good you know, benchmark of of how you're doing. And she's like, yeah, actually I could define my life in terms of those metrics. But then what we also spoke about was feelings metrics and emotion, Mm. emotional metrics. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, you know, how do you want to feel each day? Like, let's talk about at the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, how is it that you want to feel? Because I think that for me, that's the most important metric. And everyone's going to have their own words. Everyone's going to have, you know, we, we all think that we want to feel the same, but actually, you know, there's there's so many different feelings that people could be going after, whether it's happiness, whether it's calm, peace, fulfillment, engagement, curiosity, wonder, freedom, excitement. There's so many different feelings. And so I think mm-hmm. the more we can kind of come back to, hang on, how do I want to feel at the end of the day? And to your point around the to-do list, like what am I, what have I done today that's going to edge me closer towards feeling the way that I want to feel? Yeah, and I I feel like when we read uh, Robin Conley Downs' newsletter this week about her to-don't list, yeah, it really segued into this conversation of um, what are my expectations for myself. Mm. Are they realistic and are they aligned with my values and who I want to be? And so for her, she was writing her to don't list around the holiday season. You know, it Mm -hmm. tends to be pretty stressful for most people. I feel like I talked to another therapist recently and asked her, you know, does it get busier for you around the holidays? Because for me, it it always does. There's always kind of a spike Mm. um, before and right after the holidays. Um, Mm. And a lot of it's around being with your family. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's around um, you're not where you want it to be at the end of the year. Mm. Um, some of An it's expectation around expectation of, of happiness. You must totally. be happy for the holidays. <laughs> so it's right. like that, you know, stark contrast. If you're not right. feeling happy, it's like hang and on. And a, a lot sec. of it is, you know, we're we're eating really rich foods to celebrate. We are not mm. maybe sleeping as well. We're not mm. prioritizing our physical health. We're busy, 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 going, 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 and a lot of social activity. We're not, you know, having our introvert time. Mm. And so we're like, why am I feeling depressed and sad at the holidays? And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is, you know, um, connection, 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 you know, am I feeling connected to myself and others? Mm. Um, Nope. If I'm pretty strung out on 
you know, meeting all these expectations? Probably not. I'm probably feeling lonely. So and if you if you were to think about the to don't list exercise mm-hmm. that Robin did, and I'm putting you on the spot here. I can put myself on the spot too, but <laughs> What do you think would kind of, what are some of the things that if you were to create a to-don't list for the rest of 2019, what are some of the things that would be on your list? And I put that to both you and Coos. Bake a whole turkey (laughs) or roast a whole ham. Do not do it. (laughs) Stay away, folks. You know, when Coos and I actually first got married, our first Christmas, we did not go home to either of our families. And... I remember making a lot of food that I had eaten every year of my life for Christmas. That's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And there's just the two of us. And I, I remember thinking, oh, we don't have to do this. Like, what do we want to do? Mm-hmm. And it just struck me as so, I mean, it's obvious now, but I was so ingrained in this is what you do. This is what the holidays have to be about. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense of freedom that year of, oh, we are making this up. We get to make up what that looks like. Yeah. Well, there's this one year where we cooked a whole turkey <laughs> and it was do. quite a disaster in <laughs> planning because when you're roasting your turkey, you cannot bake anything else. <laughs> you have to wait until the turkey's done yeah. to bake other things. Yeah. Oh, not fun. And also, neither of us like turkey. No. <laughs> <laughs> to self. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So I feel like that was an interesting wake up for us um, to think about how do I actually want to feel during the holidays? I don't want to feel panicked and rushed. I don't mm. want to feel like I'm doing things that I'm obligated to do. Yeah. I don't want to overbook myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I think that's even where I'm at now is even with work, um, because I do have a higher caseload right now. Um, The temptation is to work longer hours and go in more and then also make sure I'm with my friends more and spending time with them, you know, so Mm -hmm. it can just be like uh, sucking the air out of the room a little bit, just looking at the calendar. If I don't set some really firm boundaries yeah, around what I'm available for and what I'm not available for. Mm. I know for me, when I think of the rest of the year and things that I need to stop doing or put on a to don't list, Uh, one that comes to mind for me is I am someone that I'm always excited by new opportunities and I'm always wanting to do new things and it kind of can mean that I get distracted and so I know that I there's many new things that I want to be doing as in there's new talks that I want to create I'm reading a book at the moment to create a new talk um here in Phuket and there's just again I have lots of new ideas but one of my to don'ts is I'm not going to do anything new (laughs) between now and the end of the year. I'm actually just going to finish the current things that I am doing. What a lazy bum you are. (laughs) Because I think. Work harder. You know, it's very, I like starting things, but I'm not as good at finishing things. So I think I'm not going to start anything new. I think another thing that comes to mind is I had, some just some physical health goals for myself um for the rest of the year i had i spent quite a bit of time away this year and so my strength training that had become a very important part of my life kind of took a little bit of a dip this year and i was getting very excited about building up my strength again 
um, by the end of the year for when I go home for Christmas with my family. And so I had just set my own goals around that. And that was one of the things that I was getting a lot of momentum with and was getting right back on track when I got hit with this illness. And it's interesting because dengue just wipes you out. And so this morning um, I got on like our little, we have like a biometric machine here, which measures, you know, every kind of metric that you can possibly measure in terms of physical health. And since getting dengue, I've lost something like um, two kilos of muscle mass, just pure muscle, right? (laughs) Which is, which goes completely against all of my physical health goals of getting stronger. And so one of the things though, that I have to remember is, you know, to don't, you know, is, is don't put pressure on myself to, I just need to completely let go of, of any goal to do with my physical health. And I need to reframe it as, can I just get the rest that I need so that hopefully in 2020, I'm starting the year with a good amount of energy to be able to regain that strength. Mm -hmm. But the idea, I just have to let go what I thought I would be able to do because right now I couldn't even, I would be very lucky to lift anything, let alone, <laughs> let alone a barbell with weights on it. So it's just that kind of thing, knowing, okay, I'm going to have to readjust here and let go of that goal and it's okay. Um, I need to just, yeah, give myself some some rest. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about that too. Um that's one of my on my to don't list is to put too much pressure on oh am I working out hard enough especially mm. with the holidays and mm. you know a lot of eating good mm-hmm. food and mm-hmm. spending time with friends and um, you know you just set a metrics of oh I showed up mm-hmm. yeah. I think even if you go back to goal feelings instead of external expectations that's mm-hmm. where you're gonna get wins I just want to feel feel full Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> I just want to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. (laughs) I hear that one a lot. No, but I think, you know, I think a better question is not necessarily what can I take away from my life or my to-do list, but what feelings can I really focus on Mm. and build my schedule around that and build my expectations around that? Yeah. And so for any listeners that are there kind of thinking, oh, this sounds a bit abstract, it can be incredibly practical and and it's really about sitting down with a pen and paper and asking yourself, okay, if I could choose three to five words that describe how I want to feel each day for the rest of 2019, what would those three to five words be? And then once you have those words, creating lists, again, it sounds very boring, but creating lists of all of the people, all of the places, all of the sounds, all of the smells, all of the activities, all of the things in your life that already make you feel that way. And this is a process, it's actually called desire mapping. It's by a woman called Danielle Laporte, but she talks about the fact that we have a lot more conscious choice to generate the feelings that we want to feel than maybe we realize. And so I think when you do this exercise with people, again, one of the things, if we think about a to-do list, right, and everybody's trying to get all this stuff done and trying to kind of have days that are productive. But when I ask people how they want to feel, like, how do you want to feel in your life? All sorts of feelings come up, but I've never heard anyone say productive. Like it's not generally the feeling that they're aiming for, you know, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not that they don't like being productive, but usually the words I hear come out of people's mouths are, 
I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel happy. I want to feel calm. I want to feel grounded. I want to feel love. I want to feel joy. I don't hear, oh, I want to feel productive. So I think it's about going, okay, well, if those are the words that you want to feel, if you want to feel relaxed, what's your relaxation toolkit? What's everything you can think of that makes you feel that way? If you want to feel joyful, what is on your joy list? What is every single possible thing, person, place you can imagine that makes you feel joyful? You want to feel confident. What are all of the things that make you feel confident? You want to feel engaged. Sam, when do you feel I engaged? Feel, I want to feel all those things, Sam. <laughs> I want to feel them all. <laughs> That's the thing, right? I have, these words. Here. I have these words in my phone. And this is a process that I do. I've done desire mapping each year, probably since 2013. And very often the words stay the same for me. They're words that kind of I like they're my compass. I kind of see them as, but every now and then they change, but my current words, I do, I have five words and this is how I want to feel. I want to feel free or a sense of freedom. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel love. I want to feel connected and I want to feel vibrant. And they're my five words. And so and then the dim dingy <laughs> came and showed his head. Dengue. It is not joyful or vibrant or <laughs> freeing or any of it but that's the thing right if I think about vibrant in terms of physical health that's a great word right so Mm -hmm. I could get really attached to my old goal but really if I think what would make me feel vibrant right now it's just literally making sure I get enough sleep that I drink enough water like my bar is so low right now Mm -hmm. that that is going to be what brings me back to a state of vibrant health it's not going to be like you know lift doing my best deadlift in the next few weeks it's just not going to happen so it's really about getting clear on okay how can we re reframe our expectations and just be changing our metrics towards the way that we want to feel i would also bring up that a lot of the expectations we hold for ourselves are given to us from other people Mm -hmm. they might not be aligned with actually what our values are Totally. And I see this happening left and right over the holidays. Um, uh, we always do this. My family always says this. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what's expected from my family, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm all about tradition for sure. Um, but sometimes it's okay to let a tradition go, or it's okay to challenge why you're doing the thing you're doing. Yeah. You know, is it because it makes you feel connected to your past and to your family? Mm. Or is it out of guilt and reluctance 100%. and resentment and mm. lack of boundary on your part, you know? So yeah, getting clarity around um, not only lowering your expectations, but communicating with your family and your friends that maybe your expectations are different than theirs and that's okay. A hundred percent. And I think that is, yeah, it's really important to get clear on to your point. Tradition for tradition's sake is almost like you know, it can it can mean that we're holding on to things that are actually having the counterproductive effect and making us totally stressed out and panicked, to your point earlier. Totally. And I think the more we can look at our traditions and be like, okay, which of these traditions to me are traditions in the in the purest sense where they feel like so grounding and connecting and loving and and it's something that I really look forward to and which of these traditions have me pulling my hair out, you know? And how can I maybe let those ones go? Because that's that's not the point of a tradition, right? Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to drive us insane and <laughs> make us feel like we're going crazy. And I think even for me, when I think about um, Christmas and and going home to spend my Christmas with my family, right, 
there's a lot that comes up for me when I think about Christmas at home with family and whilst it is lovely and I have a big family um it's also one of those things where to your point around having different expectations I'm someone that lives quite a different life to the other members in my family and I'm someone that is quite minimalist right I pretty much live out of a suitcase I don't have many possessions so again when I think about Christmas and I think about the amount of money that I you know going home I'm feeling already this pressure to like okay you have to save up a whole bunch of money because you're gonna have to buy gifts for all of these people whereas you know when I'm here in Thailand I just don't I get out of it I don't buy gifts for them and it and it's this bizarre thing where I'm like oh my goodness I like do I have to do this you know because this is what's expected of me when it really goes it's quite contradictory to my personal values in that as a minimalist I'm I just find so much of what we spend our money on at Christmas to be a waste of money like I don't really see the point in buying extra things that are just going to accumulate but then that's like okay well where does my value rub up against my family's value and where am I just you know I got to make sure that I'm generous and that I'm not just showing up empty-handed but yeah, it's, it's interesting to have those mm-hmm. conversations and to say, hey, you know, I think we have different ideas about what Christmas is. And I would say living in the tension of that, mm-hmm. of not necessarily needing there to be a fix mm-hmm. if your values and expectations are different than the people around you, mm-hmm. but just to notice that there is, like, and I think of tension as a spring, you know, just mm. pulling the spring back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be living there you don't Mm -hmm. need to come up with a solution yeah this is how we're going to do it from now on it can Mm -hmm. just be like in this moment we can do it this way yeah and I think that's so true and it's so hard to accept oh actually there is no solution because Mm -hmm. essentially there's no there's no right or wrong here what I'm just like what I'm describing is the fact that I have a value system that might be contradictory to other members of my family and so I could impose my value system on them but then they're the ones that you know, that that lose out and then I'm disrespecting their values or I could try and live by their values and thereby, you know, be misaligned with my own. So it, there, there is no right and wrong when it comes to values. There's just different value systems. And can you, to your point, Lindsay, live in that tension and just at least be as open as you can about it? We have had Mm -hmm. conversations about this in the past and there is no clear cut solution. You know, there's always, I'm always trying to come to some I kind really of regret that. <laughs> I really want there to be. Yeah. I would say, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed being married to Coos um, for is him coming from a different culture. Uh, the ways that we have done holidays, uh, we have to have conversations about because it's not a given. Mm. Uh, Talk about living in attention. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I still remember our first few Christmases. Uh, I had some pretty big expectations. This is what mm-hmm. you do. This is a big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. And Coos was like, "Yeah, we didn't ever do gifts. That's not a thing." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? I'm so, wait, hang on, what?" So I think that's the. Th- uh, we've been talking more, coming from like, um, you know, like uh, expectation that other people might have. For us, like, oh, Christmas, people expect it to be this way or whatever. But I think another point that we should talk about, too, is that 
we often also have expectations from of other people like mm-hmm. oh for Lindsay, i am going to expect that she is going to decorate our house because mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. she should be doing yes. I, I don't think i should have that kind of expectation thank yeah. goodness you don't because <laughs> <laughs> that one ain't getting met <laughs> Um, no, I remember because because oftentimes if we expect someone to be doing something and they don't, right. then you get you get frustrated. Why don't they do this? Especially mm-hmm. if you don't communicate it. Mm-hmm. If you assume make assumptions, like you should know to do this, mm-hmm. right? And I think that happens, you know, more so during the holidays than probably any other time of the year because there are so For many sure. assumptions around how things should be done. <laughs> right? You know, there are these unspoken assumptions based on these traditions. And so people are just kind of like, yeah, this is Christmas. Like, this is how it happens. Like, there's this system of rules that kicks into gear that you may or may not be aware of. And it's like this bizarre, yeah, like everybody needs to be playing by this agreed set of rules that I'm not sure who ever agreed upon the rules. That's what's interesting. It's like, "Hmm, when did I sign up for this? So what were the examples you're going to share about our missed oh. expectations around the holidays. <laughs> oh my word! I would say um, I'm. I am a pretty good gift giver. No, she's an give. excellent gift I mean, giver. I don't want to brag, but there it it's, is. <laughs> I have it been the beneficiary of Lindsay's gifts in the past. It's high pressure I situation concur. here for me. So <laughs> I expect um, unknowingly. I had expectations that. If you know someone really well, you will know the perfect gift to give mm, them. I'm not very gifted oh, at giving gifts. Dear, yeah. Me either. Yeah, Kusa's it's not like either. With you it's not this. as gifted. It's not and my best trait. I, it was a couple years into our marriage until I kind of figured this out. I mm-hmm. really felt rejected. I felt really <laughs> like unseen because Coos would, I mean, can I say it? Give me terrible gifts. <laughs> Like, no, no, no! It's me? not terrible. It's they're practical. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was this a really amazing warm, uh, oh, what is it? Like alpaca hat. hat that I was like, oh my gosh, this is the warmest thing ever. And I gave it to her, and she said, uh, "I don't live in the mountains of Peru, so I don't know what to do." But with then this. I said, "It's warm." <laughs> So, and, that, and we come straight back to the point around metrics, you know, exactly. <laughs> we we're measuring this gift based on the warmest gift that existed. Chris uh-huh. would hit a home run. Yep. But I know. we were measuring it based on fashion and, uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. you know, yeah. his own personal Tiny head taste size. probably no. didn't really work. Yeah. No. But I think, you know, that. All of those feelings I had that were really frustrating and and sad and disconnecting for Kusa and I would have been completely alleviated if I had questioned my expectations mm-hmm. and if I had had a conversation about those expectations mm-hmm. instead of expecting someone to be a mind reader about mm-hmm. what I was expecting. What if your expectation was for the other person to be a mind reader? <laughs> I mean, I was expecting that. <laughs> I think we expect this so often of our right. partners and our family Absolutely. members. You know? we, we're like, of course you know us. You're like, I don't have to communicate you know me. my needs to you. You know what they are. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I think that's ding, the ding, whole, ding, ding, ding. yeah, we can wrap it up now because no, that's really. Oh my gosh, really... it is so funny though, because 
you would ask our kids, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And then you would get them what they want for Christmas. But when I ask you, hey, Lindsay, what do you want for Christmas? You'd say, well, if you, you know, know me it. well enough, you should know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were playing a losing game, Coos. I, I am. We both were. So, but, you know, ironically, it just could have been cleared up with just better communication. And so yeah. I think that's kind of what we circle back around to is, yeah. can you not expect perfection from yourself or others? Mm. Can you communicate what feelings you want to feel? Yes. Can you um, I first identify what those feelings are and yeah. drop off everything that doesn't fit into that box? Yeah. That's kind of really how this all comes together. Totally. I think we are giving our listeners some great homework for this next two weeks, which is sit down, work out how you want to feel for the rest of the year, write those feelings down. Then when you have those amazing feelings, Come up with your to-don't list, everything that you're going to stop doing and take off your to-do list so that it aligns with helping you feel the way you want to feel. And how can you get clear on what it is you expect from this holiday season from not only yourself, but your loved ones? And then how can you put some time in the calendar over the next couple of weeks to have a conversation with those people in your life and to say, hey, this is the holiday season I'm shooting for. I'm shooting for one that feels really joyful and really relaxed. And what that looks like is me not doing this and me asking for this, right? How can you literally sit down and have a conversation? And the way to be able to do that is for you to sit down yourself and to reflect on this yourself and to write down these things and then to be able to speak about what you've written down with your loved ones and those around you and to come to some kind of agreement and arrangement so that you can have the holiday season of your dreams. A self-loving holiday. Exactly. That is how you practice <laughs> self-love, people. You figure out what you need and you ask for it. <laughs> and we're done podcasting. We've just... <laughs> That's it. We never have to do another episode. You are in fully love is now over. <laughs> Just Bye. kidding. We'll be back. We will be back. Thank you very much for joining us for this first episode of our second season, our year two of the podcast. As we said last episode, we are very excited to have finished an entire year and to have all of you incredible listeners all over the world and Please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends so that they too can have a loving, joyful, fulfilling holiday season full of clear, communicated expectations. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.